Mishko. Alright. Welcome. Hi to my. Welcome. Welcome and <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 10th and final episode of the Places You'll Never Care About podcast. The show where we spend 15 minutes or so discussing the ins and outs of life in small towns. You already fucking know what it is from around the world. And thanking whichever greater power we might believe in for the fact that we don't live there. It's been a long time getting to this point. <laughs> Perhaps you're on a long car drive right now and have spent the last three hours listening to the entire season front to back. Perhaps there's somebody else in the car, utterly disinterested in everything I've had to say. They're going to make jokes about you behind your back to their closer friends, about your shit taste in podcasts. Or perhaps you've been spacing these episodes out across workday commutes, or whilst cooking dinner each evening, something like that. Um, doesn't matter to me. Maybe you haven't listened to any of the earlier episodes at all, and you've just pressed play on episode 10 just because it's at the top of the list. That's okay too. This is not a chronological series. I think there's like one point, one point where we actually reference something that happened in a previous episode. Um, I'm just happy someone's listening. I'm pretty sure my mother hasn't even uh, listened to more than more than one episode. Um, but if you're listening there, mum, get a well, get a. That's a bit weird to say to your mum. Hi, mum. Um, either way, it's episode ten, and for now, at least, our final foray into the deep unknown of our beautiful planet Earth. <clears throat> now, at the outset of this project, we established the rule that I had never been to any of the townships we were to discuss, nor did I know anyone from them, or was I aware that anyone I knew had indeed ever visited them. Until this episode, these promises have all held true. For episode 10, however, I figured that maybe it was time I focused on somewhere a little closer to home, not too close, of course. Uh, for those of you who have not, in fact, known me for years, uh, I am from a very small town in Northland, New Zealand, which fits perfectly into the category of remote, ambition-deprived towns that we study here on the PYWNCA podcast. Uh, and it is for this reason I've got maybe somewhat of a, maybe somewhat of a more educated guess of what life is like in these small communities than most of my big city friends do humble brag I guess <laughs> another important point I need to make before we start this episode is that New Zealand is a very small place most Kiwis have probably not been through the area we'll discuss today but almost all of them will know somebody who has uh, and I'm no exception to that so for that reason we need to acknowledge that we have kind of broken one of these rules we set out in the first episode or thereabouts I recently asked a couple of my South Island friends in the group chat if any of them had visited the town we we're about to name, uh, it just so happens that they went through it like three days ago. But uh, this is what they had to say. Ever the eloquently spoken gentleman, my good mate Jono replied, Yeah, mate, fucking sucks. <laughs> and resident poet of the group, Roscoe Rock, adds, Yeah, pretty unmemorable, mate. Would be dull as fuck living there. Took about three seconds to drive through on our way to Tiana the other day. Thanks for that, fellas. Very insightful. Um, but there is a major clue there in what Ross just gave us. <sighs> Today we are driving New Zealand's State Highway number 94 through the patchwork fields of northern Southland, characterized by flat green farmland and bordered by snowy peaks on the horizon. We arrive in a sleepy rural town with a name you might imagine gifting to a friend with a recently acquired sexually transmitted disease. We are, of course, speaking of Mossburn. Southland, population 210-ish. Mossburn 
is about an hour and a half drive south from major New Zealand tourism hotspot Queenstown, along the largely popular route to sorry along the route to the largely popular Te Arnau, which is what Ross mentioned, a gateway to the stunning Fiordland National Park in the southwestern corner of Te Waipunamu, that is the southern island of New Zealand, known to most simply as the South Island. Driving into Mossburn is, as Ross described, rather unmemorable. <sighs> like many rural New Zealand towns of a similar nature, the green fields give way to a loose row of poorly maintained homes and driveways crowded with rusting Toyota Hiluxes. Just as all self-respecting Kiwi towns do, Mossburn welcomes us with white lettering over a dark green backgrounded sign, inviting us into town, but insisting no faster than 50 kilometers an hour, thank you. The first signs of commerce beyond the town signage is a large parking lot furnished with large shit-covered trailers used for transporting livestock. Across the street is the obligatory Farmlands Cooperative Farming Supply Store. Of course, this should come as no surprise, considering, like everywhere else in rural New Zealand, Mossburn's economy is almost entirely dependent on farming and agriculture. Dairy farming, in particular, is the largest of these industries, However, Mossburn is noted for holding the prestigious title of New Zealand's deer farming capital, having been host to the nation's first deer farm back in the early 1970s. Venison farming has, of course, grown since then, and a large statue of a stag was even erected in 1993 to commemorate this part of Mossburn's history. Now, according to our good old friend, according to our old reliable friend, TripAdvisor.com, this stag statue is the number one attraction to visit in town. Like a few of the other towns we've talked about, um, it may also be the only attraction in town, according to TripAdvisor.com. But 4.5 stars out of 5 is still 4.5 stars out of 5. It's pretty good. We should be grateful for what we've got. Um, if you drop yourself in on Google Maps Street View, then you can cruise through town and have a look for yourself. The statue is right next to the rugby fields. Um, you can't miss it uh, if that doesn't quite satisfy your deer tourism cravings then perhaps you could go to YouTube and watch the strange video that I came across simply titled A Stag on a Farm at Mossburn in New Zealand spelt entirely in lowercase the video is literally just 15 seconds of a stag standing in a paddock licking his nose 82 views no upvotes one downvote, which I thought was kind of rude. Um, anyway, if you want to go check that out, it is remarkably uneventful, but 82 views is still uh, still going to be about eight times what this podcast gets, so <laughs> thumbs up for that stag. Uh, while we're on agriculture still, we couldn't go past one of the truly most boring parts of the Mossburn story. Back in the good old 1890s, local farmer George Chewings sat around for a few years quite literally watching grass grow until he developed a seed that grows well in the low fertility soil that characterizes the area. This type of grass came to be known as Chewing's Fescue and was actually a real success for Curious George, who, of course, as a, as a humble gentleman, uh, he didn't like to be credited with its invention, uh, considering he didn't really invent anything per se. Rather, he felt like he was just mixing grasses to see which grew best on his farm and thus it was more of a discovery, in, a, in his eyes at least. Either way, Chewing's Fescue is nowadays widely used around the world as a constituent in fancy lawns 
And as completely unsubstantiated fact, Jessica is here to tell us. It has even been used on the playing service at Wimbledon. Which is fucking cool, if true. If true. Uh, man's out here just trying to feed his sheep some bed of grass and accidentally creates a visually stunning grass seed, which goes all the way to Wimbledon. That's some real southern man shit right there. Now, speaking of, quote, real southern man, segue of the day. Segue of the day. 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 One of the larger beer manufacturers in New Zealand had a particularly popular advertisement campaign in the 90s or so, I believe it was, It was a big poster that depicts the archetypal southern farmer gazing out over what could only be either a rugby field or a paddock of sheep, uh, titled The Real Southern Man. Um, Around the poster, there are a few little paragraphs detailing how a true man of the south might drink, dress, drive, talk, and think. It's a striking piece of imagery, but it has aged like milk over the last 20 years or so. (laughs) There's shit here like, a real southern man would never eat quiche, or own a cell phone, or hold hands with a woman in public, god forbid, or ride a moped for some reason, that's not allowed, maybe a real southern man balls were too big or some dumb shit like that, Uh, a real southern man won't tolerate an animal that you can't ride, throw a rope on, or muster sheep with, so sorry fellas, Uh, if you happen to have a pet cat, or something like that. You are a certified softcock, according to this poster. What else? Uh, the southern man respects woman that drinks spades from a jug. No mention there of any other variety of woman, so we'll quickly skip past that. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, when on holiday, the true southern man doesn't allow his wife to drive, and is always looking forward to getting back home to his favorite bar which makes him sound like an utterly insufferable prick. Uh, but there, yeah, there you go. Uh, the real Southern man. Probably a good thing we've moved on from considering most of these traits to be commendable. Although, <laughs> if you are looking for a quote, real Southern man, well, your best bet is probably down at the Mossburn Railway Hotel. Adorned in a rugged blue swan dry, jug of beer in hand, muddy red band boots left politely at the door, and quiche nowhere in sight the real southern man would be right at home in this quintessentially kiwi pub which is not really a compliment don't get me wrong new zealand does many things better than anywhere else in the world very proud of that interior design of rural pubs however certainly not one of them bare advertisements of a forgotten era line the frankly bizarre choice of surf green walls which clash with the mismatched sections of stained timber trimmings Curtains from the 70s hang over the few windows that are present, obscuring almost all natural light, um, giving the room this horrible kind of must. Imagine if shade was musty. I don't know. That's just what it feels like. Um, But at least that means you can't see too many of the stains in the ever-tired pub carpet beneath your feet. Awkwardly spaced and uncomfortable stools placed at disproportionately low bench tops make up what we are forced to regard as furniture, At least the 10 guest rooms that make up the hotel part of the business seem to be reasonably well kept. Now, if this is starting to seem like a realty advertisement to you, well, that's no coincidence. Giving the Mossburn Railway Hotel is now on the market and could be all yours for the slender price of only $950,000 New Zealand dollars plus GST. So why not snap up on this opportunity to take over management of the jewel of Mossburn? 
It is, after all, rated 4.5 stars on TripAdvisor, <sighs> with one of the comments echoing the ever-tried and true catchphrases of dads the world over. All the locals go there. Whew, must be good. Then again, considering this pub's also rated number one of one in both the restaurant and bar categories, it's not like the locals are overwhelmed uh, with choice. Although perhaps local man Mr. Al Klein was at least a little bit whelmed when he won a brand spanking new Weber Q1000 barbecue in the recent Christmas promotion. Bear in hand, I bet Big Al is a real wizard behind the barbie on those lovely Mossburn summer evenings. So uh, congratulations, Al. Uh, hope hope you enjoy that one, mate, with uh, your family and, and a few friends. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're listening, so, so uh, good on you, mate. <clears throat> now, to be fair, the Mossburn Railway Hotel is only temporarily the only real restaurant in Mossburn. Disastrously, the much-loved Mossburn Diner went up in flames last year due to an electrical fault. Fortunately, uh, owner Mr. William Kwan, who also lived on the premises, managed to escape with his life, uh, but his home and business had been utterly destroyed. According to a news article and a recent post in the Mossburn Community Information Facebook page, however, like a phoenix from the ashes, the Mossburn Diner is currently being rebuilt and plans to be back in business by mid-2021. And just looking at my watch there, it is mid-2021, so we should look that up. Uh, comments from uh, group members in the Facebook group echo largely similar sentiments about how much they've missed the diner and are looking forward to its reopening. Apparently, Mr. Kwan makes some rather decent fried chicken and essential service to any proud Kiwi community, of course. Speaking of, if you too would like to join me and the other 695 members in the private Mossburn Community Information Facebook group so that you too can stay up to date with the diner rebuild and any other important news, all you have to do is submit the answer to the dizzyingly complex question, do you live in Mossburn? Now, I wouldn't want to spoil the thrill of solving that for any of you code breakers out there. Uh, so this example is left as an exercise to the listener. I'm sure you'll figure it out, but uh, if you can't, if you've got no luck, feel free to send us an email and um, I'll, I'll help you out. If you don't really care about the fried chicken supply in Mossburn, um, then perhaps you could fuck off right now, honestly. No, then perhaps you could try a tasty venison pie at the rather eclectic looking Bracken Hall, which, like all truly Kiwi cafes, doubles as a gift shop for tourists passing through. Mm -hmm. Expand, you know, what's the word? Like, uh, diversify. Um, otherwise, you might be interested in Dome Cafe Bar, which is adorned with a large mural of a biker cycling around a mountain in reference to the Around the Mountains cycle trail, which passes through the area, as well as many other scenic spots on its 186-kilometer uh, complete journey. Now, if cycling isn't boring enough for you, however, <laughs> you could try around at the Mossburn Golf Club. The nine-hole course looks pretty tidy from Google Maps. I really couldn't find uh, too much further information about it. The Golf Southland website states a very reasonable $10 green fee, but that page hasn't been edited since 2012, so perhaps bring at least a cautionary 20 um, if you're keen for a putt around. Besides from reportedly underpriced golf courses, Mossburn boasts a range of other services and amenities, including, but not limited to, a fire station, bus stops in both directions, I'll add, a set of public toilets, two gas stations, 
and of course a primary school which claims <laughs> which claims a supposedly unintentionally ironic motto attitude is everything unfortunately i suspect a positive attitude really is everything if you're going to be growing up in a mossburn uh, I, I will undoubtedly cop some shit for that one perhaps uh, but only because everyone knows it's true a vast majority of these kids will they'll grow up with their attitude is everything positive mindsets great but <laughs> they will leave town as soon as they finish school and never properly return that's only a fact i'm sorry to say uh, quote while the New Zealand population overall continues to grow, a large proportion of towns and communities in rural or peripheral areas exhibit near certain stagnation or decline in their populations. That's from a scientific paper by Bill Cochrane and David Meir, 2017. So it's only science. Uh, anyway, another fact is that all streets in Mossburn have been named after famous places in the UK, i.e. Dorset Street i.e. York Street, i.e. Sussex Street, Somerset Street, etc, etc. You get the idea. All very creative and original. We're all rolling our eyes. It is from Bath Street, however, that you'll get the best view of the White Hill Wind Farm. An array of 29 wind turbines propped up on a sturdy-looking ridge. Why did I write sturdy? It's a fucking ridge. Uh, propped up on a ridge uh, about six kilometers south of town. Took me a long time to think of that transition, by the way. Uh, but this particular wind farm has a 58 megawatt production capacity, which is enough to power around 30,000 homes annually. By my very rough estimate, that's around 300 moss burns. Yeah, round, not bad, pretty cool. Um, when I say rough estimate, I literally just put the bird's eye view on Google Maps and counted about 100 houses. So there you go. Um, if you'd like your home to be powered by the White Hill Wind Farm, then why not make the move? Take your family down south so you can practice the toxically outdated southern man lifestyle. Your kids will resent you for it within years, regardless of how old they are now. But what do they know? There's probably something on the original southern man poster about not paying any interest in the emotional needs of your family anyway. Median rent is only 130 bucks a week. You pay double that per person in Auckland or Wellington. Even better, buy the pub. If you can't quite stump up the mill for that, <clears throat> well, there's an empty section on Bedford Street for only 49000 Surely you can afford that. I don't even think they do avocado on toast down there anyway. That's not very southern man. Uh, so even us millennials might have a chance at saving for that. Mossburn, Southland, New Zealand. Probably not as bad as I made it out to be. After all, attitude is everything. Thanks for listening. This has been episode number 10 of the Places You'll Never Care About podcast, the last for what I'm calling season one, but will probably be the only quote-unquote season, in honesty. Uh, what I think I will do, though, is it might be fun to do a little conclusion episode where we dive back into the Facebook pages and TripAdvisor reviews for places from each towns, uh, each of the towns we visited and see if anything interesting has happened in the couple months since we visited them last. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested, sit tight for that. Otherwise, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Thanks. Bye.